Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Frady. Good afternoon. And excuse my throat. This is Lock and Load, and we're going to kick off today with uh, the editor-in-chief from the truthaboutguns.com, and that would be Dan Zimmerman. He's got so much stuff on the griddle right now. It, it, it's it's like a 20-course meal coming at us. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, sir. It has been a busy week. So I guess the biggest thing that we're looking at is that we've actually had a federal ju- federal judge do a slap out against the uh, Biden administration's war on guns. What happened? Yeah, it's been a bad week for uh, President Silverlert and all of his uh, extrajudicial um, uh, attempts to govern either by executive order or by uh, – uh, regulatory fiat, and what has happened is uh, a Fifth Circuit District Court judge has looked at the ATF's frame-or-receiver rule, which is what they're using to try and virtually outlaw 80%, 80% lowers and regulate them like guns and outlaw gun build kits, and said, uh, nope, you can't do that. And the reason they can't do that is because they have so far exceeded their authority under the law that uh, uh, your average district court judge won't let them do it. it, it we, we have a system of uh, uh, in this country where, where the legislative branch makes the laws and the executive branch, in some cases, enforces them, but they can't remake the laws when and how they want to, um, which is pretty much what the ATF has done here. And um, the judge in this case, um, Judge O'Connor, uh, made that pretty clear. And he, and he said, um, there's a legal distinction between a weapons parts kit, which may be, you know, uh, a bunch of part- partially manufactured parts, um, which aren't subject to the to the agency's regulatory autor- regulatory authority, and a weapon which may readily be completed or assembled or used to you know to fire a bullet. He said there there's a difference between the two, and that's laid out in the law. Um, and um, you may not like it. You may think that that creates some uh, bad outcomes. 
outcomes like uh, criminals who can't otherwise buy a gun, buying parts and building a gun. But if you don't like that and you think that ought to be regulated, then that's the job of Congress and not the ATF to unilaterally, in effect, rewrite the Gun Control Act of 1968. Well, they're always. Have you noticed that one of the things with the gun grabbers is they're always trying to reclassify something. If somebody is a somebody isn't a prohibited person, they want to reclassify them as a prohibited person. Uh, yeah. They, they now always. they now classify the auto switch for the Glock to be in and of itself a machine gun. Um. Well, yeah, that's much like a an auto steer. Um, or, or or anything else? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that at least is arguable. I mean that that is something that converts uh, a a semi-automatic gun into an automatic weapon. Um, but where you know you're right, there's always mission creep in, in, in everything they do. You know they did the same thing with the with bump stocks. Bump stock is a piece of piece of plastic, plastic yeah. which they originally looked at and said, "Oh no, no, this is fine," uh, because you're still pulling the uh, trigger once for every round fired. Not a problem, uh, and that wasn't a problem until they were ordered to reclassify that by President Trump and and, and ban them. That um, is is a bridge too far. Um, that was ruled as being a bridge too far by the Fifth Circuit. Uh, and uh, my guess is that is that's going to end up in the uh, Supreme Court too, because we've got conflicting rules going on in different circuits in the country. So um, now, what, you're right. How how wide ranging is this uh, this decision? How far does it reach? Uh, I don't. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what the what implications outside of the immediate gun uh, uh, or uh, immediate rule being thrown out might be, but it's pretty big in that this is not just, this doesn't apply just in the Fifth Circuit. This is nationwide. Um, he has invalidated their frame and receiver rule okay. Okay. Uh, everywhere. So, yeah, it's not just a matter of, you know, if you're a member of, Fire policy coalition, you don't have to worry about it, or if you live in the Fifth Circuit, you don't have to worry about it. This is everywhere. Um, now, I'm, my guess is that the um, the DOJ will appeal this, um, but uh, I've talked to at least one attorney who thinks that given the way it was written and given the way the DOJ tried to defend this. It isn't likely to get overturned, um, certainly at the circuit level. Maybe they'll appeal it to the Supreme Court, but they may not want to do that because that's going to that could possibly give the Supreme Court another bite at the Chevron apple, um, or a potential one anyway, um, and to uh, further limit uh, regulatory agencies. Uh, overreach and um, the administration and the uh, DOJ haven't haven't done well in that regard lately. No, the DOJ. You know, the DOJ. Interestingly enough, the DOJ is becoming a little bit like the NRA, isn't it? 
The DOJ and the ATF are, are becoming a little bit like the NRA in that nobody really believes anything they say. <laughs> right? I mean, no, the NRA, and it's not so much about the NRA, nobody believes anything the NRA says. The NRA is just covered up in all kinds of issues right now, as is the DOJ and the ATF. I mean, they... Yeah, they 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 ha- they're they're suffering from a credibility deficit. Would be my call, my guess. Yeah, and it's mostly been self-inflicted. Yeah, uh, uh, but that's what happens uh, when when what you say has can be proven to be to be false, and has been proven to be false. Um, uh, people start to start. Start to doubt more what you said. Uh, it's an occupational hazard of lying um, regularly, and it, 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 if I'm just following it not too closely, but some of the hearings that are going on in uh, in the House, uh, things are starting to get hot for the DOJ and for Attorney General Garland and things about some things he's claimed and some things the whistleblowers are saying and all that kind of thing. And that, that none of that is gun related, but it goes to what you were saying in terms of the general impression uh, among a lot of people that uh, the DOJ is uh, what they say and what they do is less than trustworthy and tends to be politically slanted. Well, this article is uh, on the front page at the truthaboutguns.com where you can find it. And, oh, I guess you update between 10 and 15 times a day as far as the articles because you have so many categories to update for and you have so many writers updating on there as well. So on that part of it, I sort of get it. I, I get with the uh, ah, why you would be on top of everything to that degree. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Sounded great. This is Lock and Load, and we're talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. In the beginning, three gun rights organizations got out there and brought suit separate from everybody else, and they 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 uh they succeeded and it was good. <laughs> but at least so far. At least so far. And uh now, see that was when I when I got that, I saw uh I get Gottlieb's uh, press releases on this stuff. So when I saw the thing about the frames, at first I thought this was, this was about the braces. But anyway, so this is about the pistol brace thing. And uh, some people sort of wanted to uh, sort of wanted to be a part of that picture in the yearbook. So tell me what happened with that. Yeah, well, again, <clears throat> another defeat so far, at least uh, along the line of the uh, in the in process for the uh, ATF, 
is their pistol brace rule, and three gun, three gun rights organizations and some other plaintiffs filed suit when that one became uh, uh, final as well, and all three were granted restraining orders, um, blocking enforcement of the ATS pistol brace ban for the named plaintiffs, and that included Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, and the Firearms Policy Coalition. Well, two other gun rights orgs who hadn't been involved yet decided they wanted in as well. National Association of Gun Rights did it more conventional, and they filed their own lawsuit, hoping to get an injunction as well. It makes, they basically did exactly what the other three gun rights orgs uh, had or had already done and at least partially succeeded so far until the uh, cases finally decided. Nash, National Rifle Association, <coughs> excuse me, took a, a different approach, I guess kind of a shortcut, and instead of filing their own lawsuit and getting their own injunction, they moved to join the lawsuit that Second Amendment Foundation had filed and trying to, to intervene and become another one of the named plaintiffs and basically get the benefit of the injunction that had already been filed um, um, for, so for NRA members that own pistol braces. But yesterday, um, the judge in that case denied the NRA's uh, application to do that. Uh, so it wasn't timely, and it's basically a me- uh, a- a- amounts to injunction shock shopping, which everybody who saw what they did realized. Um, so uh, if, if the NRA wants to provide protection for its own members, uh, the way the other three and probably soon four gun rights orgs have, they're going to have to file their own lawsuit. Now, who's going to be the fourth? <clears throat> well, again, National Association of Gun Rights. They okay. have already filed a lawsuit. Um, uh, also in the Northern District of Texas. Um, Second Amendment Foundation saw the news that the NRA had been denied and said, hey, NRA members, come on over. You know, you can, you can join the Second Amendment Foundation too. Um, there's no law against you being members of both. Um, and if you join the Second Amendment Foundation, you will then be protected against ATF enforcement. Um, as long as this case is pending, and hopefully if they win the case, then forever. But if you want immediate protection against uh, against um, being harassed by the ATF, you can join the Second Amendment Foundation today. So it was a smart move by the by SAF um, and Mr. Gottlieb, and uh, you'll probably get him some, uh, some new members. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean... I don't want to beat up on them too bad. I mean, uh, the NRA suffers from a perception problem, don't they? As far as well, as far as way gun owners yeah. regard them. Yeah, I know that's a lot of that's based on reality and, and a lot of <laughs> questionable conduct yeah. in recent years. Yeah. And, and then you look at this move, which is of a piece with a lot of the other moves, the legal moves that they've made lately, namely that abortive attempt to file bankruptcy and to 
move um, move its headquarters or its um, legal registration out of New York to Texas in order to try to sidestep the lawsuit and enforcement that the that the New York Attorney General is uh, still currently involved in. Um, these the these were what looked like stupid legal moves that probably only benefited William Brewer and, and, and the other NRA attorney um, and helped to further line his pockets, but failed uh, in their attempts and made the NRA look bad in the process. Well, I mean, it, what it looks like, it looks like they were preoccupied, right? They're preoccupied with a lot of stuff they got going on. Um they they suffer from this perception problem of being a, sort of a rogue organization now, even though they're still the biggest one. Or they publish numbers that try to make it look like they're the biggest one. Um, they're suffering from this right now. The you you, you went to the NRA uh, meetup. How big was that? Was it big as it normally is? Or it it was. It looked like that was back to the normal attendance size. So there were. That certainly didn't reflect any anything um, in terms of uh, I don't know people staying away or right. You know, well, I, like I prefer I prefer the NRA show to to Shot Show to be honest with you. Shot Show is a, just a little I don't know. It's a little too controlled, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's a different different crowd. I mean, yeah. it's the industry only, and the NRA show is basically retail. You know, everybody's there selling to. Uh, the attendees. Everybody knows and, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's two different, two different crowds. Well, as far as all that goes, whenever I see that, well, I mean, that's basically what the ATF does, isn't it? Doesn't the ATF get out there and if they see somebody's been arrested and they're like, wait a minute, he had a short barrel rifle, let's charge him. So the NRA looked at this and they saw that the, do you think they saw that uh, a lot of people were joining the Second Amendment Foundation Firearms Policy Coalition in order to get that protection? They were joining for that reason, and they've lost membership over the years. Was that why they did it? That could very well have been part of the motivation. I'm sure they also wanted a – I'm sure they were also getting questions from their current members saying, hey. What are you doing? Three or Exactly. They've gotten this done for their members. How come you're not doing? Yeah. How come you haven't done that? Yeah. Um, and my guess is a lot of the reason has to be because the NRA has spent a whole lot of its uh, legal, its money on legal fees, not filing suit all over the country and, and challenging these things, but rather defending itself in court against attempts to shut it down, to... Um, remove its, its uh, officers and all the other enforcement activities of the state of New York and the uh, decent and Well, let's, let's expand on that when we get back. I got a question about that one. I really do. Hang on for me, if you will. This is Lock and Load. I've seen just about every corner of this country, three million miles in my career. I spend a lot of hours on the road, but I love being my own boss. The road can be a beautiful place, but you're out here on your own. There certainly are risks. I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver. 
a husband and a father. And that's why I choose federal. When it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearms needs. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confident that you are carrying the best gun in a gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality Built American Made Products for 45 plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment, we perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. 
What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load, and I'm talking to Dan Zimmerman. We're talking about the NRA. Um, you know, there was a big mass exodus out of New York by a bunch of gun companies when they started, right around the right around the time during the Safe Act when that was when the Emergency Safe Act was imposed. A lot of people left there. Yep. Shouldn't the NRA? Have moved their headquarters out of New York. Their their incorporated headquarters out of New York. Yeah, they should have done that a long time ago. Yeah. It, it was. It, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But it, it it should have been evident that having their their uh, state of registration and basically where they're most uh, where they're the, the, the kind of regulatory nexus for that company. Be having it be in in a in a validly anti-gun state like New York, and of course it wasn't always that way, but it was you could it was a long slide over over decades. Um, but having it there was obviously clearly a mistake, and gave people like Andrew Cuomo and uh, um, oh my gosh, the uh, New York AGs, Letitia James. Um, Letitia James, exactly. Yeah, her name just went out of my head. Um, giving them power over the nation's biggest gun rights organization was a huge strategic failure, and they allowed that to happen. And um, you know, they were always they were always they were registered in New York, but their headquarters has been in Virginia for I don't know decades um, longer, and so they they could have had it there. Um, they tried to move to Texas, and I think they're still going to try to do that, but that doesn't get them out of, um, out from under the jurisdiction of James, uh, and her enforcement actions. So it was, yeah, it was arguably negligent to leave it there. Well, I mean, um, My my thought on it is this: when you are when why is it because it's the financial center the, of, of the world? New York is New York City's is, is that why we, that was set up like that? I don't know. I don't know what the what the uh, I don't know enough NRA history to know why it was there. My guess is that's where the original founders probably were located, and they that's why they did it there. That could have been why. Uh, the, 
might have been part of the reason. Again, I don't know. I'm just speculating because I don't know enough NRA history. But, um, yeah, it left them open to to exactly the kinds of things they're going through now, and that's what's eating up a huge amount of their energy and resources in defending themselves. Right. But, and I mean, so by, by being so in that along, state, though, that gave Letitia James access by law to all of their all of their uh, all of their doings and and right. protocols and actions and everything else if she decided to investigate quote unquote investigate all of this would be part of discovery so this is really where all of their problems began isn't it as all of this stuff began to come to light yeah i i, I guess it was just inertia that left left let them leave it there apparently they've been investigated by the new york ag time and time again in the past um, but it didn't really become a big problem because they didn't have as many problems until all of the alleged problems involving Wayne LaPierre and, you know, allegedly laundering all kinds of expenses through Ackerman McQueen and uh, all kinds of overspending and other alleged problems. Right. So, well, I mean, you know, you give her in, in 2019 at the at, at the annual meeting, that was when the Ackerman McQueen house came tumbling down, and they looked yeah. at that that expenditure. Which, if you're not familiar with this, uh, Ackerman McQueen did something called NRA TV, and they were also the uh, were they the marketers of record for uh, the NRA yeah. as well? Yes, but they they were charging yeah. them primarily. The marketing was NRA TV. And NRA TV was a uh, online only entity. They did have podcasts and everything else, but I mean, when you would go to an NRA annual meeting and you saw their media center, it looked like you know Fox News was there. Everybody from Fox News was there. It looked like because because their operation was so impressive, but it was that that kind of stuff costs, and they were charging the NRA, which means they were charging the members of the NRA, right? Correct. And supposedly people started to ask questions about that and how much <laughs> how much that actually cost and was there actually a return on that yep. for the uh, for the association and that seems to have been one of the things that got uh, Oliver North on the wrong side of Wayne um, and then the rift developed between Ackerman and Wayne and the, you know the, the whole thing started to snowball so it's all it's all a matter of record it's all out there it's yeah but i mean allegations. I, I would i would have i would i would hazard to guess that you had more reach on your worst day than nra tv um that was a truth. Know, i don't know i i believe that, that, it i believe it could be yeah could could very well be i mean they they did beautifully produced um, shows, uh, um, and, uh, you know, no expense was spared. Yeah. Uh, how they made their money back, I don't know. I assume there's some advertising revenue there. I, again, I don't know, but it sounds to me like once people started actually looking into it and what was being spent versus, versus the return on investment, it just wasn't there, which is why the whole thing dried up and blew away. Well, part of the Ackerman McQueen thing was like whoever was the president of the NRA was actually a Ackerman McQueen employee, right? 
at Correct. that time. Which this, is also yeah, odd. The, the spokesperson for the NRA was an Ackerman McQueen employee. Yes. Dana Lash and all the other people yep. that, that, that did those shows and uh, were presenting themselves as NRA spokesmen were actually Ackerman McQueen employees. Correct. So... There's a lot of things going out and a lot of things coming in. I mean, uh, the, the stuff they did. I mean, I interviewed uh, Ted Nugent in Louisville in 20-whatever it was when, when the first time Trump, I guess it was 2016, the first time Trump got out there. And um, the production was astounding that they put together for him. I mean, no, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, there's no, no, nobody ever complained about the quality of the work no, they produced. No, they just um, they, it was the best entertainment you could see that nobody saw. Yeah, I don't know what those numbers are, and apparently that was part of the problem is a lot of people didn't know, including NRA ma- members, <laughs> key members of NRA management didn't know how yeah. many people were actually, actually seeing what, what, what NRA produced. So, yeah, it, it, it begs the question, if a tree yeah. falls in the woods and no one's there, does it make a sound? So, um, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what it looked. But, hey, that's one. You know, now they seem sort of distracted. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised that they actually paid enough attention to see that this was happening and, and decided to get involved in it. Again, I think they're probably getting questions from their own membership. You think? Saying, how come? How come staff members are now are, are now um, protected from enforcement and we're not? That's hard to. So they to try me. to take the easy. Yeah, they try. I think they try to take the easy route and become a. a, a become a, a co-plaintiff on an existing suit rather than filing their own because that yeah. gets expensive. Crazy times. The Truth About Guns. This this web. How old is The Truth About Guns now, Dan? Uh, 12 years old. 12 years old. The fastest reporting blog they get. And the thing is, when they when they're when the first when it's breaking news, it's also correct. That's a that's a very key ingredient. Everything is no retractions being printed unless everybody gets it wrong. If everybody gets it wrong, then, you know, but they're the first ones on the scene. They're always the first ones on the scene. Breaking news that is really breaking news. Correct breaking news. So that's why I go there. That's why you should go there. You should go there every day simply to see what's happening. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com and continuing on the theme this past week of, oh my gosh, the ATF is having a hard time. Where would you like to go now? Maybe that New Jersey guy? Yeah. Um, it's been a bad week for the ATF. And um, you know, they have up their enforcement of uh, gun dealers and adopted a zero tolerance policy for literally any kind of mistake that's made on a 4473 um, and um, had the, the 
number of FFLs that have been revoked in the last year or so has increased 500% over the historical number. Uh, why? Because it's part of the Biden administration's war on gun dealers um, and so-called rogue uh, gun sellers, um, most of whom are not rogue. Um, most of them are good, law-abiding, licensed gun dealers um, who occasionally make a clerical error. Case in point was um, uh, a, a um, New Jersey gun dealer who had uh, had his normal annual inspection, uh, during which they found three clerical errors, three clerical errors um, um, on uh, um, on forty four seventy three. And I think there was one error also when a, a, an employee accidentally gave a gun to a buyer after the 30 day period it ex- had expired. Basically what happened was somebody bought a gun. It, for some reason there was a delay in the background check. It went beyond 30 days and the 4473 form was supposed to expire after 30 days. After that amount of time, you're supposed to, you're supposed to fill out a new one. And the employee failed to have the buyer fill out a new one. The person was still qualified to buy the gun, passed their background check. All that was fine. But instead of having him on day 31 or 32 when he came to get his gun, um, instead of having him fill out a new 4473, they didn't do that, and they only had the original 4473. Well, those three errors were enough in the uh, ATF's book to revoke this guy's license. He's been in in uh, business for years and years, um, and um, they called those um, those uh, those errors a willful willful disregard for the law. Which, of course, he thought was crazy. He he appealed this. He apparently did a very good job of arguing um, his case. He brought in all the other ATF inspectors who had ever inspected his store in the past. Um, in effect, got character references from all of them, um, and um, somehow against all odds, got the ATF to reverse his decision and decide not to yank his, his ticket. So he is able to stay in business. Um, and um, that is, uh, it's rare. The ATF doesn't do that very often. They don't lose many court battles, and they don't turn around their administrative decisions very often. So a little, little happy Happy good good time news for uh, the holiday weekend here. This uh, FFL and his daughter get to continue to operate their business. Well, the the whole premise behind the rogue FFL thing is sort of very very flawed, isn't it? Because they're so heavily regulated that if they were actually rogue and they were doing half the stuff that Biden, you know, Biden makes it sound like, I mean, he talks all the time about a van pulling up to a corner and throwing open its doors and they just start getting out and selling assault rifles on the corner. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, you've got roving trucks selling guns all over, all over. The I never get nothing like that in my cul-de-sac. No, I don't either. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping someday we get. You know, you hear that little. That hill music coming. It'll be like the, the ice cream truck. Cream it'll, be the, it'll be the it'll be the pistol truck. Yeah, exactly. That'd be but nice. The song is you know I don't know what the song would be. Um, Jamie got a gun. Is a warm gun. Yeah, happiness is a warm gun. Yeah. The Beatles or something like that. Um, and then you'd be able to go out and buy a gun and um, stop the guy and instead of flipping uh, him a dime and getting a bomb pop, you just uh, give him your credit card. Get a six forty two. Yeah, exactly. That would work just fine for me. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So the, this this kind of this kind of enforcement, where every clerical error—I mean, the, you, you've got people who um, who put the country in the county. Uh, instead of writing USA in the, in the country box, they put it in the county box because they misread it. Uh, and those are the kinds of errors that these people are being, uh, dinged for. And, um, and these are being classified as a willful disregard for the law, uh, when they are truly just clerical errors. Um, along those lines, Michael Cargill, who is the gentleman who sued the ATF, and um, won his case here in the Fifth Circuit uh, overturning their um, bump stock ban, is currently undergoing an ATF uh, inspection here. And they didn't just send in an inspector as they normally do. They sent in four of them. So they've been in his, his uh, uh, operation here in Austin for the last uh few days and I'm going to be meeting with him on Monday to find out what it is he's gone through. Right. Um, because this is not, um, this is hardly unusual. And my guess is given his, uh, history of being a thorn in the ATF side, that's probably why they sent four people in to, uh, to uh, audit his not so big business. I mean, he, he runs an operation called Central Texas Gunworks here in Austin, right. and it's, it's it's not that big a store. Um, you know, it's uh, not as probably not as big as this guy's uh, store here in uh, in uh, New Jersey, but uh, we shall see. Again, I'll talk to him on uh, on Monday and get some more detail. Well, is it? Could we call this harassment? That's in effect what it is. Um, and the, the, the idea here, of course, has been, um, the Biden administration, specifically under the direction of Susan Rice, who's no longer there, but she, she guided the ATF's anti-gun program, um, since they, uh, since they took office. Um, it, yeah, it was a literal war on guns that they declared and they want to make life as absolutely difficult for gun dealers, for manufacturers, and ultimately for gun owners as possible. They want to make it, they want to make the process the punishment. Um, and uh, if they can do that, they're going to. And that's how you end, wind up with clerical errors being classified as a willful disregard for the law. 
Well, I mean, some of the stuff that they do, while I understand that they're going to do it because they're going to, there's no rock they're not going to, they're not going to overturn to try to get them some gun control, even though they know it's not sustainable due to Bruin. But they got long term plans for that too. Um, I don't know. I, on one hand, it amazes me how their their wish list has never changed, and on the other hand, it amazes me that they stick to it, and no matter what happens, they just keep coming. Well, they are relentless. It is a never ending battle. You know, people keep thinking you know, after Bruin, you know, we won, we won, we won. you never win. Um, it's and. They just, they will just change tactics. They will shift their messaging. They will come at gun dealers and gun manufacturers from a different angle. You know, you've got the PLCAA. You can't sue a gun, gun company for making, uh, for selling a gun that was later used in a crime. Um, but instead they're suing them for adver- advertising them in a way that they yeah. think somehow entices people yeah. to commit crimes with them. It's, it's insane. Um, and well, uh, I, I've, I have run out of time. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me and have a happy, uh, fourth of July. Yes. A happy fourth of July to you and the, and the readers of the truth about guns.com. Uh, our number two is coming up. I'm going to be talking to Stephen Morgan from primary arms. This is lock and load. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.